0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. Do you emoji? Those little smiley faces and icons that are probably available in your phone's text messaging app can add fun and color to an online conversation, but they add uncertainty too. When are they a handy shortcut and when do they make you look bad? And what about using them at work? We have three experts joining me today to talk about emoji etiquette and other sometimes confusing aspects of online communication. They are, on the phone, Amber Heinsley, She's an associate professor in SLU's Department of Communication. In studio, we have rhetorician Lauren Turbrick-Elmstead, and that does, by the way, mean she's an expert in rhetoric. She's also a PhD student and a graduate instructor at St. Louis University. And Tyler Kelly, he's a co-founder and chief strategist at the St. Louis-based digital marketing firm, SLAM. Amber, Lauren, and Tyler, welcome to the program.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Amber, Thank on, you. The, on the phone, um, what's an emoji?
1: So emoji are the little smiley faces and other icons, like you said, that we primarily use in text, text and emails that help give context or cues about the intent of our written words. For me, from a communication standpoint, they're helpful for deciphering the intent of those written words when we can't rely on verbal and nonverbal cues. Like, for example, it's really hard to see sarcasm in words on the screen. So, emoji can help the sender and receiver of those messages better understand what's really being said. Kind of a fun fact with this is that actually emoji are the descendants, so to speak, of another term that people may be familiar with, and that's emoticon. Those are the smiley faces that we would use, um, that we'd make using keys on our keyboards. Like by using the colon, the dash, and the in parentheses to make smiley faces, so emojis grew out of those as the technology developed to let us create the little icons that we see today
0: and it just it's too complicated to try to have an all text version of like chef kissing fingers right We need the actual picture to communicate whatever that means
1: right it helps add context to things so
0: yeah, Lauren, so are these conversational shortcuts or do they cause miscommunication?
2: Well, I think um in I think going back to what Amber said about nonverbal cues is really important because one of the biggest gripes about um, say texting or emailing is it's hard to convey tone and so adding adding that visual vocabulary tends to in my experience um, it expands our sense of of what the message actually is and so um, but it also for myself, as a rhetorician, I I'm also interested in the question not just is it helping or hindering our communication, but kind of why we um, why we have these anxieties about it. You know, I, in, from my perspective, anything that um, widens our ability to communicate with our audience, I think, is always a good thing.
0: So. Mm. Well, Elizabeth writes on Facebook. I have never understood why people will end a complete sentence with an ellipsis, the the dot, dot, dot. And I think that gets to the idea that we've got the shared language here, but people are using it in different ways. We don't necessarily agree on what the words mean, so to speak. Tyler, I know you've thought a lot about this. How how do people navigate that?
3: Well, you know, I I love the idea of visuals providing, emojis providing feeling and emotion because that's something, as you say, is lost in just – words on a screen the tone the feeling and so to be able to to convey an emotion through an emoji through you know the ellipsis which means to be continued or this thought is just running right i think it's 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 an interesting dynamic that is is important in today's communication
0: mm. And there's a hierarchy of all different – depending on what social media app you're using or what text messaging program you're using, there's sort of different options, a hierarchy of ways to react to something. Say on Facebook, am I going to give this a thumbs up or am I going to give it a heart and what do I mean by one versus the other and does the other person know what I mean by one versus the other? Um, but there isn't a guide anywhere that sort of stipulates what all these things are saying. Uh, Amber Uh, Is that part of this? How how do people work their way through just finding a a common understanding here? Right.
1: And so one of the things we have to keep in mind is that for the most common emojis, we have a shared understanding and a shared meaning for what those are. But for other ones, we don't. And so in terms of best practices, I would say stick with using the, the common emojis like the smileys and the thumbs up. Um, and, but with friends, that's where you're getting into kind of a subculture and subtext and people will use emojis for inside jokes and things like that. Um, but you know, best practice again is if you, if you're not for sure what the emoji means, don't use it.
0: Amber, other what emoji are most prone to misunderstanding?
1: Um, a lot of times, and you know, this is again, like we can't see sarcasm on the screen you know, with written words. Um, But again, sometimes you can put in, for example, uh, something that often gets mistaken is what looks like jazz hands, where you you hold your hands up and your fingers are splayed out. Yes, um, yes. That's an emoji. Um, That actually means you're giving someone a hug. And so you may look at that and think, oh, it's jazz hands, I'm being funny, um, when in actuality you may have just sent your supervisor at work a hug, (laughs) which might land you in HR.
0: Is there anywhere that (laughs) – is there a definitive guide when a new batch of emoji come out that say this is how you're supposed to use them?
3: You know, Um, on Slack, there's –
0: Amber, we'll hear from Tyler for a moment. Tyler? On
3: on Slack, you can hover. You know, Slack is a popular communications tool in the workplace. So you can hover over each emoji, and it it gives you a, a short definition of what it is.
0: Amber, is that enough? Does that help?
1: Well, if you're using Slack, it does. Um, I sort of joked that if you have access to a teenager, that can be (laughs) helpful. Um, But, you know, there's this wonderful thing called the Internet, and that can be really helpful in in helping figure out what some of those things are. And also sometimes what the subculture, the subtext meanings are on things to make sure you're not accidentally sending someone something um, that has an entirely different meaning than what you think. Mm. I was
2: just gonna Laura. add, there's also something that I learned recently um, in a group chat that I'm in on uh, Facebook Messenger, that depending upon if you're on an iPhone or an Android, they look different as well. So we, I've been in, in situations where I've sent a certain emoji and then someone said, why did you send? And they would tell me, like they would describe it to me, that's not what I sent you. But because I'm on an iPhone and they're on an Android, it makes a difference as well.
0: And so. even if you're just talking about a smiley face, I feel a little more comfortable typing it out if I'm I'm in a conversation where I think it's appropriate, whereas uh, if I'm on Slack, which is another social media chat tool, uh, the face looks a little more silly than I want it to look. And then if I'm on a different app, if I'm on GroupMe, which is a similar app to that, it looks way too silly and it's the same smiley face. So I'm trying to just say something here and I'm not sure how it's going to be received. Lauren, is is that uh, something you've run into?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think that, um, so going back to the question about, um, you know, if you're on Facebook, am I going to like this? Am I going to love this? Or, you know, is it too much if I put a ha-ha? I think the pressure to reciprocate is like, that's really, that's a um, become an increasing problem with this digital communication that um, if somebody sends me it, an emoji am i should I send them one back? Should you know or it, and it's kind of like well if they send me a smiley face, do I send them the same smiley face or do I send them a different smiley face, right? Tonight? So I think that um I think that these pressures of kind of like validation, reciprocation have have definitely increased with our emoji use.
0: Well if folks happened to miss this last week, we did have World Emoji Day on Wednesday. I, I didn't have that on my calendar, but I've, I've since caught up with that. Can you believe it's World Emoji Day again already? It seems like it, it's, it was just yesterday. Um, but uh, along with that, the software giant Adobe released its first ever emoji trend report. There's a lot of fun info in there, including the top three most popular emoji. Would anyone like to take a gander? What What would you say those are? Well, I
2: my first instinct is to... I think, what was it in 2015 that the Oxford English Dictionary had um, declared the c- crying, laughing face mm-hmm. as like the word of the year. So I would say I would say that the
0: the, the emoji of the, the laughing, crying face yeah. was the word of the year in 2015. I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, don't right. quote me on that. Right. But
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tyler. Well, you know, we can't talk about emojis without talking about the poop emoji. Mm-hmm. OK, right? yeah.
0: that's a popular one. <laughs> Amber, do you have a sense of the most popular emoji? Uh, I'm going to say thumbs up. Thumbs, up. I would think so too. According to this, the crying with laughter emoji was was the one that gets used the most. Uh, after that, the heart, mind you, the red heart, not the green heart or the black heart, uh, and then the kissy face. And you know, I think we're all mixing a little tears in with our laughter or laughter <laughs> in with our tears these days. So that that sounds appropriate to me. <laughs> um, we'll talk. At, we'll talk in a few minutes about about emoji at work, but let, let's linger a little more on, on talking with friends or with people in your extended circles. Uh, Tyler, someone posts something, some sad news on Facebook. Their, their dog died. Sometimes I want to hit like to indicate that I've read it or I'm showing support or click the heart to show that like my heart is going out to them. But that actually means I love it. So I don't know what message I'm sending. How, how do people deal with that?
3: You know, that's an interesting dilemma. I would say in those cases, it's best just to leave a thoughtful message rather than um, an emoji where, you know, that doesn't necessarily take any
0: thought. Mm-hmm. So there's even a hierarchy of the kind of comment you meant. meant Perhaps. Right? If you take yeah. the time to write out a few words, that might be a little more meaningful than if you're just clicking like. Exactly. And similar thing on Twitter. I know some years ago, folks used to like a tweet just so it would be in their list of likes so they could then go back and find it later to read it like if it were a link but then they realize that people are saying oh this person liked this terrible article that says this terrible thing uh, and then there's retweeting right people like to put retweets are not endorsement in the bio but that doesn't come along with the retweet does it mean you like it are you endorsing it or you just want people to this there's all this stuff to, to sort through right
3: exactly in, in a marketing sense liking retweeting liking on Facebook harding These are ways to get people's attention. So a lot of times brands will go through and like and heart and retweet just so that they'll get noticed. And so you really shouldn't read anything into that.
0: Mm -hmm. In that study from, I'm sorry, Amber, what do you have?
1: Oh, I was just going to add to that, um, that I've done some research with how people do cognitive differentiation between liking something and retweeting it, things like that, and especially looking at like crisis information and people are far more likely to retweet information about some kind of crisis or emergency than they are to heart it or to like it because they don't want to be seen as liking this terrible
0: thing that's happened. So this is in people's heads. Yes. This, so. this is out there in in that in that um, emoji trend report from Adobe, uh, heavy emoji users said uh, they use them to lighten the mood of conversations and also to show support for the person that they're talking to. Um, how can emoji help with those sorts of things Lauren?
2: Um, well, I think going going back to um, you know using, Using this visual vocabulary in interpersonal communication, it can give us a better um, a better connection when we have that. What amber um, Amber had mentioned the um, kind of like a subculture, you know, that into more intimate interpersonal connection. So I think. Um, Emoji becomes its own language and while we do have universal understandings of the symbols, you know, at a certain point with your friends or with your you know, your close circle, your family, you you start to develop your own your own systems of them. Um so, you know, I have a, a f- friend who finishes all of her texts with a winky kissy emoji to me, right? And I always send like a heart back, no matter what it is. And so so developing that that connection is, I think it deepens our our communication in Hmm. some way.
0: Okay, we do need to take a short break. So we're going to do that. But we will be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Welcome back. We return now to our conversation about Emoji. With me today are three St. Louisans to talk about it. St. Louis University faculty member, Amber Hinsley. SL, uh, SLU doctoral student, Lauren Terbrick Elmstead. And SLAM agency co-founder, Tyler Kelly. Actually, we should mention, Emoji technically is meant to function as both a singular and a plural word, but a lot of people say emojis and, and we're not gonna hold that against anyone, right? That's just a little more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess either way, if you're wondering, either way we'll say is correct. But uh, technically, you're supposed to just say emoji. Uh, Tyler, can I can I use an emoji when I send an email to my boss?
3: You know, if you're using your phone and Gmail, then a lot of times if you're typing it out the emoticon, then it might translate it into an emoji.
0: Okay. Yeah, That's... that it
3: happens automatically. At least I've noticed that recently.
0: So forces are sort of nudging us toward using this, even if we didn't do it as a matter I think of so. Intent.
3: I think so. I, you know, last stat was like over ninety percent of people use emojis. Over a third daily. Mm-hmm.
0: A- Amber, someone's use of emoji in in their text messages or in their emails does that form? Does that affect how people f- view them?
1: Absolutely, especially in a workplace context. Um, you know, it's you always want to let your your boss or your other superiors or your clients set the standard for what types of emoji are appropriate or even if emoji are seen as being appropriate because this is going to vary from organization to organization and so especially if you're someone new in the workplace you want to try to get a read on what the organizational culture is regarding emojis Uh, and so it's always a safer bet to skip the emoji until you're sure um you know obviously for everyone is emojis shouldn't replace basic communication skills uh, because that like i said can hurt your credibility And we we mentioned Slack earlier, and some Google apps. You you consider the platform, and so it's more acceptable to use an emoji in one of those social media types of platforms than in a presentation.
0: Yeah, and uh, we use uh, in the newsroom here at St. Louis Public Radio. We use Slack, which is a group messaging tool. And I, I think folks are so serious the rest of the time. We might we might sort of. Blow some steam off by using tons of emoji uh, when, we're, when we're talking among coworkers uh, at a similar level. But it sounds to me, Amber, like this is some of the same advice folks might have given about how to dress in the workplace, the same sorts of etiquette um, issues. But people are entering the workforce from different generations with different social media habits and might not be cognizant of the fact they need to modify the way they communicate. Right. I mean, it's the,
1: the same way that we tell people, you know, don't always have your cell phone in your hand and make eye contact. And you know, That's one of the chief complaints, uh, especially with communication skills, among people who are coming out of college and entering the workforce is lacking some of those basic sorts of uh, interpersonal skills. Mm. And this is just another variation of that.
0: So if, if emoji use can affect the way one person views another person, what about when companies wade into this? Uh, does emoji use f- tend to fit into... A company's broader strategy in terms of their brand identity, Tyler.
3: I think so. I think that uh, you know, right now or a few years ago, Google made emojis searchable, so emoji campaigns be- have become more popular. You're starting to see
0: what's an emoji campaign?
3: It's it's a campaign where, like for instance, Domino's Pizza, that with the pizza emo- emoji, they created a campaign in Twitter where they. Had like a slice of pizza made out of pizza emoji, and they blasted that all over Twitter along with you know a coupon or you know a, a, a call to action. And how, and how, that, pizza, how can pizza campaign. users
0: use, use that emoji? There's...
3: it's more about grabbing attention. Okay. So in a in a a platform that's primarily text, a you know seven or eight line lines of emoji pizza get get noticed.
0: But didn't they also set up something where you can you can text a pizza emoji somewhere and it'll they'll deliver you a pizza? Was that a Domino's promotion?
3: You know, I'm not sure, Does, but it sounds like a good deal.
0: I, I that's floating in my head somewhere. That might have been a, a temporary kind of thing, um, but I'd, I'd be sending that everywhere just see see what shows up, right? There you go. I'd be sending Chinese food emoji just <laughs> willy nilly, wait for a knock on the door. <laughs> Uh, so in that uh, in that Adobe survey i mentioned a couple times it just came out last last week about about emoji use among emoji users, and uh, of folks who are conversing with emoji and like to use them, 58% said they're more likely to open an email from a brand that has an emoji in the subject line. So Tyler, when you're trying to tell a brand story and communicate with the audience. Um, are you thinking hard about how to use these tools as, as part of your communication?
3: Of course. You, everything is about attention. I mean, that's, that's the first layer. So how can I grab your attention? If it's in the email subject line, you probably have 10 or 20 emails there in the updates or the promotions tab if you're using Gmail. And if, you know, mine has a vomit emoji, then maybe that will grab your attention. And if I can get you to open that email, then I've done my job with that subject line.
0: Amber, how how would you, how would you react to that vomit emoji in the Uh, subject?
1: (laughs) I guess it it depends upon what you're trying to say, right? Yeah. Um, But no, I I think that's absolutely true. And it just, humans by nature were visual creatures. And so that's part of the reason why those types of things can be more effective. Um, But with everything, it's, you, you run the risk of overuse. And so you just, you know, as Tyler said, you want to be strategic, with how you're using these, so that people don't go, oh, you know, I got another email um, from this, you know, this company that's trying to sell me something or trying to get me to do something. And look, they've used a whole bunch of emojis, or they're using the same emojis, um, or oh, they're using the same emojis as their competitor. Um, so just, you know, there's a lot to be aware with that, especially when you're using it on behalf of an organization.
0: Yeah, and I think we're we're talking largely about the the corporate world here. But but Lauren, what about in in the academic world? Is there fewer emoji being tossed around or more or similar
2: well I think um for myself you know I've I've taught at um, multiple higher education institutions and I think the there's always the inevitable kind of like dinner party conversation when I tell people what it is I do you know and they and there's always the oh kids these days you know kids these days can't write and um my response is actually, yeah, sure they can. You know, um, I that's actually not my um, that's not my experience. What's interesting to me is, um, you know, as emojis do become more common in the academic world, especially like on academic Twitter or something like that. Um, I don't find it to be hindering students' ability to write or their ability to learn how to communicate effectively in different situations, um, be it a professional um, professional setting or interpersonal communication. Um, what I've actually seen happen with students is they're able to have a broader sense of the, their rhetorical situation when it's appropriate to use emoji, when it's appropriate not to use emoji. You know, they're they are able to pick up on those nonverbal cues and understand um whether or not it's it's appropriate in that situation. So, you know, I have, um, in an older version of curriculum, I taught, we had students do advocacy projects where they would choose a um, an issue within St. Louis and they would do research and write about it throughout the semester in, in different iterations. And I, even though we kind of have this, you know, emoji use or text language is, is eroding our, um our ability to communicate in face-to-face interactions I've actually noticed um, students can actually write intelligently and compellingly about a about a topic and then they can turn around and turn it into a social media campaign and they know how to you know and I think that they have a tendency to teach me about the sensibilities to mm. those situations.
0: We've talked a lot about the social mores of this and professional norms, but it's really interesting to hear you talk about this in the context of the art of rhetoric, which is what, using words to persuade? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that would be a, a generalized way to describe it. Yeah, just and, and not just persuasion in terms of um, how to get people to think differently right it, rhetoric is actually about action right it getting people to do things so if you are able to use emoji to get people to open up an email you know that is it's rhetorically powerful
0: does do we tend to see um, you, you mentioned that the more it gets used on academic Twitter mm-hmm. do we see the conventions about what's appropriate in an environment sort of filter down from social media somewhere into an actual academic setting or a workplace setting? Uh, Does language loosen up because of what happens on social media? Any thoughts on that, Tyler or Lauren? You
3: know, I would say, I'd say yes. I'd say that increasingly where there used to be a clear separation between work life and personal life in terms of norms, I think they're starting to see a blurring of the lines. And that's because culture really does influence the day to day, because all work is personal. People are people in work and outside of work. That this is the way we communicate, and therefore, even if it's not corporately acceptable at this point, in a few years it will be, because it's just the way we communicate.
0: So, Lauren, to summarize, uh, emoji is is not, are not eroding young people's ability to communicate?
2: I would not say so, no. Um, and I think that, you know, so going back to what Tyler was just saying, um, there's still a large demand for people to communicate in a fairly narrow definition of what professional is or, um, and, you know, it's a kind of a narrow privileged definition of of what professional communication is. So what I'm interested in is seeing how emoji use or text language, things like that actually kind of like bi-directionally shift what we consider to be professional. Mm -hmm. You know, as people use these things more frequently, will it actually change what we consider to be the workplace?
0: And, and Amber, you're, you're generally a proponent of integrating new ways of digital communication just into our professional lives and, and our lives to, to use it positively. Would that be fair to say?
1: Uh, sure. You know, in terms of thinking about what's appropriate, like everyone else has said, is, you know, I I, I wouldn't advocate using emojis in place of sentences um, or that your sentences shouldn't contain more emoji than words, <laughs> um, but thinking of them more as slang and um, but more and more that's becoming socially acceptable in all types of arenas.
0: Um, finally, some folks experience actual anxiety about, about how to use these tools, whether they're communicating on Facebook or they just received a text message from someone. Um, any advice for, for folks who are trying to navigate that? Uh, Lauren, any thoughts?
2: Oh, I'm, um, I'm an actual terrible person to ask that question to, because I experience that, you know, I, um there, a lot of it comes from my own um, attempts at uh, inclusion. You know, I want to make sure that everyone's voices are heard and everyone feels validated. But that gets us into that gets us into some situations sometimes where you don't always want to acknowledge a particular message. Um, so, you know, in terms of advice, I would say. Um, <laughs> Don't feel pressured to respond to every single thing because it'll really wear you down. But at the same time, I understand that drive to to acknowledge everything.
0: Tyler, did you want to chip something in there?
3: You know, I would just say that if if your sense is that you're going to be misinterpreted to the negative – then maybe you know take a step back and don't do that. But if you could be misinterpreted to the positive, then go ahead and do it. you learn from it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think much as one wouldn't necessarily want to use a word that you didn't know what it meant just because someone else used it, maybe don't reply with that same huggy emoji or kissy emoji or heart emoji unless you, you're quite sure everyone's on the same page. Exactly. People are nodding their heads. Is that just a fair way to try to wade your way through?
2: Yeah, I think I think that's a good way to put
0: it. But then when your kid or your or your parent sends a text message that completely misuses it, do we bother to explain it or just sort of move along?
2: In my experience, I just move along, you know, <laughs> but I'm also not one to um, correct people's grammar in text messages, even though people always, that's what they anticipate from me.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. they, or they anticipate the correction? <laughs> yes, yeah, because, because of,
2: yeah, just because yeah. of my profession.
0: Well, this is terrific. We, we are out of time for this segment, but I want to thank all three of you so much for joining us today. Amber Hinesley, associate professor in SLU's Department of Communication. Rhetorician, Lauren Turbrook-Elmstead, PhD student and a graduate instructor over there at SLU. And Tyler Kelly, he's co-founder and chief strategist at the St. Louis-based digital marketing firm, SLAM, with an exclamation point, right? That's right. So we're very careful with our language.